and welcome back to the podcast. So how you feeling, Brandon? Uh good. 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 Yeah. It's it's been a bit for us. It's been cold here lately. It's been cold. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's Alaska, so I mean obviously getting down to the minus temperatures everybody goes, Oh yeah, you could stand that cold. Well yeah, but Anchorage doesn't normally get that cold for that long, so we're really not that set up for it. Yeah, we're definitely in the longer stretch of cold. Normally it kinda fluctuates back and forth. Or but... or we'll get like that like three day snap, four day snap and then it's done. Well, in in recent history, I would agree with you. I've only been here a few years, yeah. relatively speaking, so keep it in mind. Yeah. I feel like growing up, you just had cold. Right. Especially in the December, January, February time frames. It was just cold. Yeah. So, I mean, like today, we were back out ice fishing, actually. Hitting the ice again. Why not? I mean, you can. Now, according to the watch, it says it's like two above, which I don't agree with. So, I went and I checked the 511 cameras, which you suggested just before we caught yeah, on. Yeah, because we're about a mile from one of them. So, it's... Uh, I mean, if... Yeah, I'm, I'm actually pulling it up on the phone right now. It says it's 14 below out there. 14 below. However, I am sitting next to a heater, and my legs are warm, and, right. you know, I'm sitting here in a sweatshirt. Yep. Chilling. Yep. I'm con- actually considering taking off the snow pants and just chilling in the jeans. Yeah. Because it's, it's, I don't know, I think it's 30, 25, 30 degrees in this tent. Yeah. I mean, so. well, it's got to be warmer than that because we have condensation and it's dripping okay. on us. 35, 40 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> it's warm. It's warm in here. Yeah. These little heaters got two big buddies in here. They're running at three quarters yep. power because one's on full, one's on medium. Medium. Yeah. So three quarter ish power. Yep. And we're plenty warm. It's nice. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. The truck's sitting literally 10 feet away. So which that, are... that begs another oh, discussion God. topic. So <laughs> last time we talked on the ice, that was your, uh, your first time walking on the ice. Yeah. And then we went, and then and we went with the kids. Yep. And we went out, and we just had some fun. We got some minnows out on Mirror. Mirror Lake, yeah. They had a blast. Absolutely. Uh, The kids were talking about that for days. That's good. That was really cool to hear your son say, I love this. When can we go back out? Yeah. It was also really cool. So my son, he doesn't like to get cold. He doesn't like – he's not a big snow fan. Like, he'll he'll tolerate it, but he's not – He's seven. Seven, yeah. But he's like, eh, I'm not really wild about it. Like, he loves Alaska during the summer, but during the winter, he's like, I'd rather just play a video game and just hang out inside and – it's not really his thing to go out in the snow, per se. If sure. you encourage him, he'll go, he'll do it, yeah, and he'll have a lot of fun. But it's like it's not his first go-to. And to see him in a t-shirt in the tent here, that was hilarious. Caught his first fish. Yeah. Well, caught his first fish through the ice. Yeah, through the ice. Yep. And that was that was great. Yeah, the kids kids got some, and yep. yeah. It was good times. Yeah. And I was cold that day, too. Man, that was... Uh, it was like five below? Five below or something like that, yeah. yeah it, was, it was no joke. Yep. Man, these little buddy heaters do the trick. Yeah, they do. And so. they're, you know, relatively inexpensive. They're under 100 bucks a piece. Yeah. One happens to be on my dad's, one's mine. But, you know, normally I wouldn't say you need two of them. But mm. if you're new ice fishing, I yeah. think you want, to, I want, you want two. But I'm not talking like, like when I think about like for like camping in the lower 48 or whatever we do, they've kind of been floating around and you've only ever really needed one. But this you kind of need to, especially when you start getting down to the minus oh, 10, absolutely. 15. Absolutely. Because it's just, it's just cold out there. Yeah. Funny enough, though, you can step out. And you can walk over. We have a couple tip ups, right? You know, little uh, little pop up. Uh, yeah, they're called tip ups. Yeah, yeah, little tip ups out on the ice, and you can walk over and check them or set them or whatever in a in your hoodie in a pair of gloves. Yeah, and be rough. okay. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's a different kind of cold. It is which definitely we talked about. Yeah, it's definitely a so, different kind of cold. Yep. Uh, but you uh, you got another first today. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we we got to, I was talking it was talking on the way out like ah we should be able to just drive right out on the ice you know it's it's nice and thick and I was thinking you know in my mind 
it's a beautiful day. It's sunny. You know, I mean, we're sitting here on the ice, and the sun is beating through on the one side of the tent, mm-hmm. and it's just gorgeous out here, other than cold. Yeah. And so I thought, well, there'll be somebody else out there fishing. And, you know, without, you know, it is the playoff season for football, so there's lots of guys watching football games. Yep. There's the big, big lake uh, ice, ice fishing, fishing tournament. tournament. Yep. Yep. And with those two things, I think we're the only ones out here today. Yeah. And yep. so it kind of freaked me out a little bit because there's one set of tracks out here, and you don't know what made those tracks. Car tracks, yeah. I mean, you know, it's car tracks. So it's like, is that a, was that a big full-size pickup like my Suburban, or was that like my little Toyota pickup? Right. They weigh a little bit different. <laughs> a little bit. Because the Suburban <laughs> weighs in at 6,000 pounds. Yeah. So or we, a little, uh, you know, car of some sort, you know, like, like a little Toyota Corolla, Corolla or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. A <laughs> little roller skate, yeah. <laughs> A little uh, different. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so we, we got out, and the first was uh, you didn't you didn't initially want to drive out there because they're like I said, one set of tracks. Yeah, we weren't and, really sure of the ice condition. And we hadn't been out here. I mean, no, the last time we were out here was solstice. Yep. And it has been never above freezing. Well, it did rain right at the first of the year. True. Yeah. So we had a couple days there that there was some. But warm otherwise, weather. it has been crazy cold. It has been below zero here two for the last straight. two weeks. We've been below zero. Watch your uh, steam coming off your pant there. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> I don't yeah, want yeah. you to catch fire in the middle of this. <laughs> <laughs> that make it interesting. That brings up a whole other topic about that guy out in the sweat can area. We'll keep but, talking. But anyways, yeah, <laughs> we'll digress fast. <laughs> but anyways, so we came out here. I was like, I want to punch holes just to know how deep are we really dealing with. Because, I mean, I really don't want to put my pickup, which runs fairly well at the bottom of the drink. Eh, you know, just give it a little bath and clean it up. And yep. can you imagine that thing when it got pulled out, dude? Like, like give me a frozen ice cube till spring. <laughs> no, they they come take it out. No, 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 I'm talking about. So you pull it out, right? Oh, once it comes out yeah, of the water, yeah, yeah, it would freeze, right? Yeah, because you don't have a garage or anything to put it into. Right, but yeah, and it would take like, <laughs> yeah, it'd be it'd be trashed. <laughs> anyway, so we got out, we punched some holes, uh, we started getting everything ready, and then I realized I forgot my diet coke in the truck. So you're like, well, you might as well just drive the truck back out. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> all right, and it's got a nice little area where you're allowed to like drive out on this. Because at this point, we've you know we, we now know, know the depth, it's, the, it's, the thickness it's, of the it's ice. It's a foot, it's touch over a foot yeah. here, thirteen inches maybe. Foot and change, and so drove out. Um, you know, it's I actually heard the snow more because it's like a frost snow on top yeah, of the lake right now. That crunchy, that frosty. crunchy snow. That's all I really heard. I didn't hear any cracking of the ice. No. I and had my window. You notice I didn't. I had did the window I, open, no seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Normally, I don't drive without a seatbelt on, just habit, you know, old trauma mm-hmm. nurse. But I was like, yeah, this is one of those times where you, if you want to bail. You need to bail. You need to bail. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no seatbelt. I just eased out on the ice, 5, 10 miles an hour, and yeah. I just let the truck idle. So, was, so one thing that you have to think about when you're driving on ice yeah. is the ice wave. Yeah, exactly, because if that wave starts happening, you'll actually crack the ice. You can push the ice in front of you into a wave if you're driving too fast. Right, yep. and, at the, and it will go crack at the edge, not yep. so it's right out in the middle. Yeah, so but, uh, that can cause issues for either other people on the ice or it can cause issues for your vehicle. So, yeah. a lot of craziness. But so Yeah, it was weird. I'm telling you, it's weird. It's, it's something you don't do in the lower... I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't say the lower 48. You don't do in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> unless you want to lose your truck. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it just... Yeah. But of course, Portland is crazy warm by comparison. I know Vegas is 54 degrees today. It's like freezing for them, isn't it? it? Well, when you're used to 110, yeah, it's a little different. That's all I have to say about that. I remember we went to uh, Mexico when, in like January-ish time frame, walking around there, and it's you know, 85 degrees, and people are in leather coats and oh yeah, uh, wearing shorts and t-shirts, dying. It's like, oh. 
Yeah, you really do get acclimated to this weather. Yeah, you do. So, so setting up for today, I was running around throwing everything in the truck and, you yep. know, trying to get everything all set up because it was over at my house. For sure. And just moving around like, man, I'm sweating. Mm-hmm. Like, it's below zero and I have a hoodie on, but I'm sweating. Yeah. What the French? Right. It. Hopefully it, we don't have another... to you. Hopefully we don't have another bad summer like we did this last year. Or it's just like, hot all the time. Oh, my God. Oh. I'm going to die even worse. Right? Because I didn't sleep very good all summer just because it's so freaking hot. There's no air conditioning. The yeah. houses are built for this kind of weather, this yeah, negative I mean, weather. And we get warm, but it's usually only like a week at a time. Yeah. And it's usually like, okay, you can kind of last for a week. and then. But, man, it was 90 for like eight, above 80 anyways for weeks. It was, it was crazy, crazy but, hot. So, anyway, so... This gentleman out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, the sweat con air. Did you hear? Did you read about this? Which one? The the cabin that burned down here. Yeah, and they, uh, yeah. Troopers. Yeah. So yep. it came across my newsfeed um, mm-hmm. probably day before yesterday. Yesterday. Yep. And so apparently the guy is living out in his cabin, having a good time, and he put a piece of cardboard too close, or put too much cardboard in his uh, stove. Anyways, caught his place on fire, burned it to the ground. Yep. And, it, you know, the bush is an interesting place because it's not like people can regulate. Like, so if, if something happens to my house, it's like, a, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, people know because I'm in town. I have a half an acre. and You can see it from right, across the street. Right, exactly. Like, oh, but, hey, there's something burning there. Yeah. But these guys out here in the bush, they may not have people check on them for a few weeks at a time. I'm trying to find the article because I was reading it. I'm pretty sure this gentleman, he's not that far out in the bush. No, not really, but he's far enough to where people well, I will. mean, so that area he's in. 16A. If, yeah, you know the backside of 16A. Oh, I cannot remember the name of that. Sweat that Connor. river. Oh, the the Yangtze or the Yangtze or the no, not Yangtze. That's the one over there in uh, China. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little far off. Yeah, he did it, not go there. It, it's it's a Y name, although I know what you're talking about. But yeah. anyways, anyway, um, it's but you kind of you go up the Deshka in that area. No, um, he's further over than that. Yetna. Yetna. Thank you. That's it. You I'm, go up the Deshka to the Yetna. Do you go up the Deshka Vietna? You, you, that's one of the ways you can go up there. Anyway, um, that's a that's a day snow machine trip. We've been talking about doing this no, Alexander the, run. The Susitna comes right off. The, so the Yetna comes right off the Susitna, and the, the, the Deshka's above. I'm looking at the map right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's one of those things we get out all well, confused because people we've looked will at these. run people will run up the Deshka and cross over. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but I mean, it's a day trip. Yeah. This is a people will have cabins out there in the Alexander Lake area, yet in Adeshka, those all over out there. Yeah, you just go out there, you spend a few days, and so some people I hadn't heard from, they knew he was out there and said, "Troopers, we're concerned." This, so is, troopers, this is a week later. Like yeah, yeah, he oh, yeah. Out, he was, he'd been gone overdue by a week, week. and they and they said because it's not unusual for people to be overdue by a day or two because things happen, yeah. and so everybody kind of just you know little different time time scale up here, and the guy, you know, so they sent out the troopers. Troopers put a a uh, bird over the top, and he had carved out in the snow, like he had walked out SOS. Yep. yep. And he said he was living off of burned peanut butter that had a faint aroma of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good on him for like you know thinking, hey, it's still edible, and like being able to do it. Yeah. Unfortunately, he lost his dog in the incident. Yep. Which is sad for the for all you dog owners out there, myself included. Truth, but you I know, mean, he's but alive. He's alive. Apparently, he's going to go down to lower forty eight. I guess he's got family in Utah. He's going to hang out mm. with them and probably dethaw for a minute. Yeah. Right. Kind of reset. And get out of the cold because right and he's in that stretch of like minus minus yeah. degree weather yeah he was and he was, was like, uh, it's 12, 15 20 yeah that's just bloody that's, cold it's bloody cold so all right got a question answer well <laughs> you, <laughs> you might want you might want to wait or a first. spitball answer anyway yeah 
what is the smallest caliber you can of weapon or smallest weapon you can kill a moose with? Legally? No. Just in general. Just, yeah. I suppose anything's possible. I mean, you hit something in the eye, it's a little different, but eh, I'm gonna say 22 long rifle. You probably get her done. I mean, but like consistently, you need a center fire. Okay. Like a 223, a minimum. Like, okay. I, I could see that like hitting their head and like actually scrambling them pretty good. Hmm. So I was always kind of in that same boat until I read an article here. Oh boy. <laughs> from and this came from the Alaska Moose Federation. So I mean, these guys are dealing with moose kill and you know roadkill moose and all this stuff, and they've been getting calls of dead moose in people's yards or back roads or whatever that they'll go with. Right. You know, not uncommon. Well, when they do, they've been doing these necropsies on them, checking them out, trying to figure out what killed these things. They're finding pellets. Pellets? Like BB gun. Like, you'll shoot your eye out BB gun, like uh, yeah. of fame. Yeah. So, really? when you're thinking about this, th- what they're finding is... Are they like hitting them like right in the head or something? They're what? finding penetration between the ribs. The, oh. the thinnest part of the... There's not a lot of muscle there. No, there's not. Right? So like Penetration like between the ribs and, and give them a, drop a lung, and these moose will run off. And what they're seeing, what they're, uh, the assumption is, is people, kids, whatever, are shooting moose with BB guns to either get them out of their yard or just being a-holes or whatever, you know, young, dumb kids, and shooting moose with BB guns, hitting them in the flank, in the side, and they'll run off. And so many hours later, they expire right. because they've been losing all this blood internally. Well, or, or just even a hemothorax. You don't yeah. even have, it doesn't have to be a blood. So if if, if you think yeah. about it, your your lungs are too. This is my nurse geek out trauma moment. Do it. Uh, so you you have this box, if a bucket, if you will, and mm-hmm. inside is plastic, two plastic bags. And if you puncture one, it slowly builds up the air in the wrong spot, and it slowly push everything over. And it's what's called cardiac cardiac tamponade. You just shut your heart down. And essentially, you just put so much pressure, your blood doesn't come back in because it's only like on a human, like five to seven, you know, uh, millimeters of mercury. Yep. You don't need get a lot. You. you don't need a lot that actually refills your heart. And then of course, what it would be on a moose, huh? Be curious what it'd be on a moose. Right, but I'm sure much. it's... I but mean, anyway. But anyway, so what happens is that pressure builds up and then it just can't refill the heart and you're, you essentially, you you bleed to death without bleeding. Yep. Because you, know, you have no blood pumping around. And yeah. So that's how you die. And it's... And that's how they've been finding these these moose around. Interestingly, interestingly enough, other than the pain of the bullet wound, right? I don't know how, like, like, like when they expire, how painful that would be. Probably not a lot. You probably because, just kind of feel sleepy and lay down. Exactly, and because they because of the blood flow. If yep. you think about your blood flow, people that yeah. are septic, and they just kind of are groggy and kind of don't mess with me. Yeah, exactly. They probably just lay down and never wake up. Yep. So from that perspective, it's not bad, but who wants to die? Still. Yeah, right, yeah. Who would have thought, oh, I can take out a moose with a BB gun? gun. Flipping me out. <laughs> wow. Right? I guess, I guess, I guess I, it just goes to show that you know we should always be careful about no matter what we're hunting with, or yeah. even just shooting in general. That that bullet you are, res- I like the Marine Corps and the way they say things. You are responsible for the terminal resting spot of every bullet you send downrange. Mm, truth. Yep. <clears throat> it's a good way to put it. Yeah. And I'll gear. I'll say it. I've been pretty sure I've uh, launched a BB at a at a moose. Not at a moose, but at other things. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's happened. Um, I mean, we did it on the farm, and but we'd always shoot them in the butt because we're yeah. trying to move them. Yeah. But was it probably the right thing to do? Or you never know if that thing turns at the wrong time and right, sure. the butt turns into the side real quick or you miss the one here and hit the one behind it or yeah. who knows, you know. But 
So yeah, a BB can take out a moose, especially man with these new high-powered oh, yeah, pellet right. rifles that they have. Yeah. Holy crap! There's the one that they were using. Uh, I saw guys using it in Texas to take out hogs. Nice. Yeah, and this thing has got some oomph to it. So. Hmm. Interesting. I'd almost put that up in there with you know like a 22 long rifle style. Yeah. But not just a little Daisy Red Rider. Right. So. Anyway, so food for thought, yeah. right there. Well, that's that's kind of heavy. So we're uh, halfway through winter ish. Yeah, we are. I mean, and, we've uh, we've definitely um, hit that kind of the doldrums, if you will. We've crossed mm-hmm. over solstice. We're yep. not really not Super Bowl yet, so we're not getting warm yet. We're not getting to fur rondi, and it's, so it's still bitterly cold and still not a, a lot of not a lot of sun. No. Although I noticed, you know, dropped my daughter off the other day at school. Sun's starting to highlight the mountains at 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, I'm already so, at work. Well, yeah. yeah. I know, you, but, you, uh, your job there allows you to get away with some other different. things. Uh, well, I don't have to be there till 9, so it makes it a little different. Yeah, well, there's that, so, and you're only, what, five minutes away from truth. the house. But, you know, at 8.30, you can start seeing that silhouette of those mountains. It's getting light behind them. So, so gorgeous, Eagle River. I mean, man, it's, it's coming quick. I mean, we are we are two lucky guys to live in Eagle River. Mm. I mean, of all the places in Alaska, I mean, Alaska is beautiful. So, I mean, I've driven over, I would say, all over the state because mm. you can't really drive all over the state. But well, I've driven all over the state. You can drive. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't driven up towards Fairbanks. It'll be about the only place I really haven't driven. And then we'll up will fix that this year. I know. It's on my list. It yeah. just has not worked out for various reasons. It's been on our lists, yep. actually, but for, for the wife and I. But it's just, I mean, we drove, we drove the Alcan, mm. and we've driven all over the peninsula, and... It's. I would have to say Eagle River. Like, if you had to like live like consistently, it is probably one of the more ideal locations. At least in my mind, it's a little more expensive, but it's no wind. Relatively speaking, not like mm-hmm. the valley. Yeah. Uh, the Matsu Valley, but it's also not the hustle and bustle of Anchorage. Yep. And we get those beautiful mountains every morning, dude. I yeah. mean, sometimes driving home because now I I see the light as I'm driving home. Yeah. So we get to see it like as the moon was coming up last the last few days yep. up and over. Oh man! Oh, the wolf moon. Yeah, just gorgeous, beautiful. Oh man! So, yeah. but being it you know middle of winter, halfway there, spring is going to be upon us. So hold on. very quick. What? what Think what, about what? this one. Okay, so we're mid January right now, right? Yeah. Six months from now, what are you doing? Where are you at, dude? We are chest deep, sitting in the Kasilov dip netting. I was going to say, probably fishing somewhere right, yeah, right. is where I'm going to be. <laughs> yeah, right. But you get my point. Yeah. Like, in six months, we're going to be 180 days. Yeah. We will be dip netting with the church. Yeah. But before that, like, we you're, got a you're, lot you're of... jumping in. Like, spring is going to be upon us quick. Oh, yes. I mean, 90 days, it's breakup. Yeah. I mean, 90 days gets us to about, so if we're mid-January, so mid-April, right? So taxes are due. Yep. And we'll get our taxes tax taken care of. And then after that, bear baiting opens up on the 15th of April. Uh, you got shrimp that opens up on the 15th of April. And kind of that kind of that kickoff. I mean, 15th of April is kind of the big, it was like officially spring up here, if you yep. will. That's kind of like when yeah. everybody, I mean. But, Things start melting and. Or have melted. And, yep. and so you start thinking about, okay, well, how am I setting up for, you know, a month in May. The kings start rolling in. So. I mean, there's all yeah, kinds there's of things so that are much start, stuff that's going to uh, be happening. Uh, all but of a sudden, it's, specifically, it's, my thought is is the the big one. Like, yeah, kings are coming in, but that's a that's a trip. That's a quick little easy. You know what you're going to do? You're going to throw, and they're nice to have. They're, they're nice to have, yeah. But I mean, I'm just, what I'm saying is like, there's not a lot of prep that needs to go into that. 
in my head. Mm. I could prep it in any, any evening. Yeah. You got my rod, be sure everything's sharp, be sure I got my gear, you know, got my eggs, yeah. and out the door I go. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. That's, you can do a Ship Creek after work quick run for that. Yeah. Easy. I mean, it's, yeah. It's what, what, what can you fit in your truck, yeah. and you can all fit it in a backpack. Yeah. But for, you know, as we're getting towards that time frame, prepping for what we're going to be, what we're prepping for, my first thought is the big one is bears. Yeah. That's kind of a it's a big deal to us, not to everybody else up here. There's True. there's there's a handful of hunters that are like us that love to get out and do some bear baiting. Do some bear baiting. I think about so for us we're moving stands. So I think about like pre- like preparation right now. Like what you can do is we can totally do like the map book research. Rather than trying to do all that in the spring, so True. like for example, I mean Onyx, we've used it before. Google uh, Maps, mm-hmm. uh, good old fashioned paper maps, just sitting down and saying, "Hey, where? What looks as like it's a possibility there's going to be bears in there?" Now bears are ubiquitous; they're all over. However, yeah. they they are they tend to be in other in certain spots more than others. Like I guarantee you, go all over the Kenai Peninsula, and it's like a bear city down there, right? Okay. At least that's. The perception. Okay. But there's spots where there's a ton of bears, and there's other spots where there's there's bears, but there's not, like, a bear around every corner. Sure. So okay. I look at it, and I kind of go, where is a bear most likely going to be? So if I can narrow it down to a, okay, they're going to be in this general vicinity, I'm going to put my stand somewhere in there. Okay. Because rather than saying, okay, if I put it next to the highway, and I can't put it around right top of the highway, Whoa. you know, but there's a sound issue. There's, you know, so you'll start saying, okay, I want to get away from this, get away from this, get away from the homes, do all those things. You start narrowing it down to kind of ribbons of where you can be at, even up here. And I say, where do the bears more likely? If I say I have seven spots that I say these are possibles, which one's going to be my highest likelihood? Because I think we, because we're going to a new area, we need to identify the areas. Okay. So like on the map, okay, I have seven areas. And we spend a day and just go out and go look at those areas and make some notes. I wonder like, if you're overthinking that a little too much. Well, part of it is I want to go out four-wheeling for a day. Well, there's, I mean, that's never a bad thing. Right. But my point is, is if you're going to take a day to just go look at areas, do we just say, well, we're going to take this day, we're going to go look, and then we take a moment, we go, which one looks like it's the most likely? Whether it be the sign you're seeing to, it just looks bear country to you, to access, and we have to, we have to weigh really good bear sign versus fairly good bear sign and access to that spot. Okay. So what are some... Have, some things that we've heard other guys talking about when they set up a stand. So there's kind of two schools of thought All right. that I've heard. Sure. Well, there's there's a few schools of thought, and it's some of them. The biggest one that I hear is some guys go for the small patch of trees with like nothing around it. Okay. And that tends to be the guys that are like high up on the mountain, like they tend to get like in like a draw somewhere. Sure. Yeah. I have heard, I have read that there are some guys that believe you need to be on the ridge top. Okay. And so you're on the ridge top. Most huh. of the success. I've never heard that one. I was reading it, and I just went, and this guy who said who said it, he says that it's a successful method. Blah blah blah. You tend to be off to one side of the ridge, and I just went, eh, it just doesn't make any sense. Most of the successful guys I'm noticing are about a third of the way from the bottom of a valley. So if you have a valley of some kind, right? You if you draw a line down the middle of the valley. And you draw a line down the ridge top on either side. Yeah. And you go like back off like a third from the bottom of the valley. So okay. you're up a little bit. We have a little bit of elevation, but you're not like you. So you're not on the ridge top, but you're not like right in the bottom of the valley. 
the idea being is that you could fill that valley with your scent. And mm. so that's that's been the one that I hear the most. Like, kind of stay in the bottom thirds. Like, so, like, if you have a two-mile valley, two-mile square, if you will, right? Yeah. You kind of want to pick that pocket down, that bottom third-ish. Yeah. So okay. the mile, mile and a half or whatever, you kind of want to be in that little area because that will kind of tend to keep your scent kind of down in that valley. When you're, when you're thinking valley, what size valley are you thinking? I mean, when, in your head, what are you picturing? I mean, I'm thinking it could be any size. I mean... Because, I, I mean... <laughs> You could go up into Hatcher's Pass and have these giant draw valleys that are two, three miles across. Right. You know? uh, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. When you're talking about where we're thinking of going up in the unit 16, well, there's not, I mean, there's a valley, yeah, but the valley is miles and miles, miles and miles and miles across. I, I think what you need to think about is, I think if you got close to a water source, yeah, you know, not like right on top of it, but like fairly close to a water source so that because that water will create its own like breeze down and so you will know which way the water you know that's so it's it's and you could you could test that by going down you'll feel it if you're paying attention you go down near a river that's flowing fast watch the thermals moving and the thermal you'll feel that little bit of a thermal like when you break out of the trees yep just pause and think about it and i felt it before Mm -hmm. you don't realize it till you're paying attention to those little things no i'll agree with that so i think about things and i kind of go i think because I don't know. That's why I have to think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, until we start testing it. Until we start testing it. I really think we have one of two options for us, for bears. And yeah. that is to try and get some... Pl- I think we have to get remote. Mm-hmm. So just kind of get where other guys aren't. Yeah. Which, oh, that's a chore. It's a chore. But I, I ask the value... I'm now, remote's relative. I mean, you get remote very quickly in Alaska. True. But... In 16, there's guys with four-wheelers donkeying around doing donkey things all the donkey time. <laughs> sure. That's what's here, Shrek. Donkey. Yeah. Donkey. <laughs> donkey. Okay. Anyways, so, I mean, there's all kinds of guys doing all kinds of stuff all the time. So, you kind of want to get away from the cabins. Yeah. I want to, so, away from the cabins. Because we're be away from the road. That's easy. True. There's two roads. Yeah. And so... If we get away from the roads, we get away from our cabins, uh-huh. which we have to do by law anyways, but I think if we get well back... At least a cabin. mile from it. Yeah. yeah. But we, I think we want to get well back anyways. Agreed. And then I think the other thing is, is if we choose a trail, like like four-wheel down a trail for a ways, and then from there try and find something. Mm. Yeah, it's more miles on your machine, mm-hmm. but on the same token, it also allows you to kind of get away from more of the noise. Okay. Because bears are sensitive to noise to a degree. To a degree. And I think it's like anything else. The bigger, older animals are just, they're just going to shy away. I don't think, bear. I mean, bears are curious, but they're not like looking to go hunt humans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I agree. 100% they're, they're, agree. They're more like, oh, there's humans over there. Meh. I'm going to stay away because I'm not going to. Unless there's something that's really interesting them. Yeah. They're going to tend to want to stay away. That's been my experience. Especially in an area where bears are easy and okay to hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Guys are gonna shoot them away from their cabins. Right, and they're they a nuisance. Get, they are. Man. The other, you have problems with that heater over there as we're sitting here trying to keep the hut warm. I am. Doesn't want to get all the way up to to high. Huh. Like watch this. Only downside I found to these big buddies. They'll mm-hmm. always light and fire. Like it just it doesn't seem to want to. Eh, just run it on low. It's pretty warm in here. Exactly. This one cranking on the high heat. Yeah. We'll well, be I all just right. noticed with that sun going down. Yeah, sun went down a little bit, and I'm like, oh, it got a little chilly. I can mm. definitely tell. So yeah, it is getting a little chillier in here. Yeah, maybe when we get all done podcasting, I'll run out to the truck. I think I have more propane bottles in there. Yeah. So anyway, anyways, but yeah, right. enough about our 
Big Buddy, Mister yeah. Heaters. They're great, but anyways. Yeah. But when I think about like when I think about bears, I think just kind of getting away from where they're going to be more just doing their natural bear thing. Sure. And I also think about in terms of with bear baiting, like location, there's two, kind of two ways. We kind of, I kind of fell into a little situation. I don't know if, I think I told you about this little situation that I fell, that I fell into. Which one? Well, so you turned me on to that, to that website for the auctions <laughs> on Facebook. And I was like, True. I went a-hole. Because, you know, <laughs> Brandon knows I love a deal. And I knows that I love motors and everything <laughs> motored. So I bid on some stuff and junk that I probably don't need, but I need. I mean, I don't have to have. They're all nice to have. Uh, yeah. So for under a grand, well, no, no, it's a little over a grand, just a, just a shade. I got a eight and a half foot boat mm-hmm. and a Honda five horse outboard. A little inflatable. It's a little, a little Zodiac kind yeah. of thing. Sight unseen, of course, but they are military. The one the the boat it says does hold air, so I'm suspicious that it will actually hold air. And it's not that big a deal. Yeah. The other thing about the military is they all have the b- big PM, preventative maintenance program. So I'm not too worried about the motor. Yeah. The biggest thing is I'll just tune it up. Yeah. It'll probably Easy. run just fine. Yeah. It looked good. Like it didn't look beat up and crappy. No, no, no. It looked good. We had the usual wear and tear that I expect on a boat, especially yeah. for this is the uh, recreation side of it. The uh, MWR military welfare and okay readiness military. Anyway, something like I forget now. <laughs> they all have these MWR. We call them the MWR. Yeah. And up here in Alaska, they have boats. So they're just upgrading and selling off stuff. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those things that they don't want to have any problems, so they get rid of stuff. and Or it's been sitting in the back, and they've kept it as spares or whatever. Yeah. And we'll see. So if it works, and well, we can get it running. That gives us the option to... Run the rivers. Run rivers. Because this thing's going to pull maybe a foot of draft. Yeah. By the time you get all of a sudden know how far that tail is going to The big question for me really is, do we have enough oomph to get across the Sioux? I think it'll get across and up just fine. The question is is with how much gear. True. Because so, like, that, that really kind of comes down to the question of how you're going to do this. Because, man, you can go hunting with you, your little pack, and a rifle. Right. Well, but here's the other but, thing, too, is when you say you have enough oomph, so everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to get up on a plane, right? Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have to get up on a plane. No. I would agree. So if it doesn't get up on plane, yeah, then are we really losing anything? It, yeah, it's going to suck more gas. Yeah, but whatever, gas is relatively speaking cheap. The nice thing is, is we can we can get in. Well, no wonder you ain't catching nothing, buddy. Right. So Brandon just reeled up his uh, rod, and guess what? He has no bait. Well, no bait means no fish. <sighs> so I will check mine. Just let's do because... a bait check here. Speaking of baiting, yeah, because. Something nabbed that pretty dang good. Yeah, it did. No, I got it. I'm still good. You're still good? Mine have got those glow head on it and a little pink, a little home, homebrew action. Yeah. That is so weird. Seeing it through the ice? Yeah. We did see that big lunker come oh, by. We were, we were still setting up this big old big old salmon because there's a landlocked salmon and rainbows. I think, I'm pretty sure he was a chum, dude. He, I, Sure. He looked very chummy. He looked chummy to me. I won't, I won't disagree not, with that. Uh, not chum, uh, uh, char, char. Sorry, they have char in here. Pretty sure. Oh, well, whatever. He was yeah. big. He was a keeper. He was just. He was a keeper. Lovely. And yeah, but anyways, yeah. So they are in here. We have seen them. We have seen the whites of their eyes, so to speak. Yeah. And and the red of the fin and everything else. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw some as he was cruising around that w- classic white R- line on fins. Okay. I didn't, just, get a, I didn't get a strong look at him, yeah. so 
It was just a oh oh you know kind of thing. <laughs> he was big. Yeah, he was big. So, but but bears. I mean, because we really are. I mean, in January, we really need to sit down. We really need to think about what does that look like. So I think we need to have two because of our unique situation. Well, if we're if we're going to be thinking about, we got an eight foot boat. We need to decide how we're going and what we're going to take out there, because we've thrown around so many different ideas on setup at the stand. Right. I think we'll have to start narrowing that down a little bit. Well, and I'm okay with multiple trips. Oh yeah, well, you'd have to be. But I mean, you take the barrels out in one, like like one barrel, and then the other two barrels. The problem is with any of this stuff is getting your stuff in and out. It's a long ways back in there. So plus walking. Remember, you don't have to. You don't have to pull everything out to your house. No, you only required. You're allowed to cache anything out there. You only yep. allowed really. Remo- uh, technically, all you have to do is remove the bait. Yes. And everything else can be cached nearby. So the problem is the first time out. Oh, yeah. First, you're going to have quite a bit of work to get out, get everything out, get where you need to go, get all the stuff set up. So we've thrown around ideas from, you know, giant platform stands to scent dripping machines to, like... <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've kicked around a lot of ideas. We've kicked I, around a lot of ideas. I think this year, being the first year, I think we need to go basic. Okay. Go a little bit old school. I, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. And I think what we should think about really hard is if we say we have an eight-foot boat, let's just – I guess the, the first thing is we assume the boat works. We assume that we can get the whole thing up and running. Sure. And we assume we can get around because we'll, we'll go do our test hits out at Finger Lake. We'll be sure – we'll do some fishing out there and force yeah. ourselves. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be rough. Tough, tough, tough. Oh, my God, you're rough. And because we have so long, we have till October 15th. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I say the the – Big thing is, is we go find us if we use the boat approach. Yep. We're gonna go out there, start j- boating everything back and forth, make a cache near where we're gonna put our stands up. Sure. And just start putting stuff in. And just start getting stuff cached in there. Then from there, we walk it to where we're gonna put our stand at, and yep. then and then set our stands. I think we go. We have some regular like white tail deer stands. Mm-hmm. I say we put those up. We put our barrels up. I would agree with that. And I think we set it up from that perspective, and then we bring in the bait. So last year we had one made barrel mm-hmm. and the one spinners. Yeah. And two spinners. So the, the spinners are like, what, 15 gallons 15 of pop? 15-gallon barrels. With some holes cut in the sides, great for popcorn dropping out. And then we ran a, a cable through the middle of them and mm-hmm. strung it up in the tree so it would spin. Mm-hmm. So do we want to have more barrels? Like, do we want to put a lot more into this? Initially, I mean, I, my thought is always more, more is better. Okay. But I think initially, I think we stay with. I think we hold with where we got. We got plenty to get out there. Yeah. Because when you think about it, if it's if we got to fit it, I mean, we're sitting in this ice hut. And it's a probably, oh, it's it's longer. It's twelve foot by eight feet, maybe. Well, hold on, my arm span is about six feet, and I can barely not touch the side. So yeah, you think about it. It is probably a little bit longer than this, mm-hmm. side to side, and it's probably a. Maybe five feet wide. It's not a big boat. It's not going to be a big boat. No. So I think getting that much stuff out. Oh. 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 Just pause the podcast because there comes up big. Oh my God. Right? They're cruising. Just massive dude, dude down there. That was a big bow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fishing. That's why they call it fishing and not catching. That was that same. I'll bet you it's the same Same one. dude. Yeah. Oh, I just keep on catching glimpses of him. Yep. Anyways, all right. Well, that's always exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh, there he is. Boy, he's white. That's got to be a bow. It's coming over underneath the... Yep. Might be just outside your yeah, sight. Yeah, right here. Oh, God. What a pretty animal. Yes, sir. 
just so smooth going through the water too. Yeah, there he is, right there. Yeah. Oh, something, oh, something. Him. Probably our stepping. And he's over here. All right, <sighs> I'm gonna sit down. <sighs> but anyways, I think in terms of the bears, we take out what we have. We have three stands between us. Yeah. We've got the three barrels. That's plenty of gear to get out there. That's a lot of gear in an eight foot boat. Well, it is. It w- it's going to be a. So I see like the big barrel being a run, the two small barrels being a run, plus like parts. Yeah. And then I see like probably a day's worth of just shuttling like the pieces for the for the stands to get them out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, because those ladders are not small. I mean, they're they're small, but they're not that small. About four foot. Now the other option is, as we can see, if if we can turn around and maybe get a small like inflatable inflatable like boat like one of those like cheapy walmart ones sure and tow it just tow it maybe if your motor will take that well that's something we might have to play with see yeah. how bad it again when we do yeah. our test hits we'll know a lot more yeah but i kind of go boats to me eliminate a lot more dudes than atvs i will agree because i, I think about like how many dudes have an atv up here everybody and their flipping brother yeah I don't see a lot of guys having boats, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. Yeah. Specifically, the kind of boat that does this—a jet boat. Yeah. Or a small dinghy. So uh, a good a friend of ours, um, the last time he's done a bear baiting station, it was his family friends, and it was way up the Deshka, and it was right off the river. Seeing something? I'm not sure. By the way, off topic. Yeah. We need to switch to braid. This thing's got braid on. This rod I'm using. Yeah. It's just so much nicer in this cold weather than the mono. Oh, man. That mono is just twisted and... Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Anyways. Um. So his... Uh, back to podcast. Back to, back to bears. <laughs> yeah. Their stand was up the Deshka, and it was a, you know, decent little riverboat run. Yeah. But they're running 15-foot aluminum boats like they're not right they're, they're not running jet. a little dinghy yeah well, and they're also running probably a jet uh, i'm not sure maybe but very common up there yeah nonetheless uh getting way back up on the deshka and they always had success up there right so getting back up on a river there's still people that do it but it's so few well it's, it's a matter of elimination of folks yep so as you start eliminating folks down out of the situation you start eliminating just more encroachment. I mean, yep. so like, for example, where we were at over in the Houston area, mm-hmm. it was, you know, we know of probably a half a dozen, eight stands. Look, we all know that the bears travel 30 plus miles. It means all those bait stands, if active, sure. were all being hit by bears. Yeah. Probably I, the same couple bears, too. Yeah, same five, six, seven bears. Yeah. Versus if we go out there and say we have one stand in one area, the next dude is four, five, six, seven, eight miles over, we could be getting the same bears or because they do overlap, you know, yeah. but then they run in their little circles. Yep. But it might be totally different bears. Absolutely. And I just think the space, I mean, Alaska's a big place, so I don't need to be right on top of my brother. True. I mean. So very true. I mean, I, I just don't want to deal with the bullshit that comes with yeah. dudes around. I mean, people yeah. hunting and. Oh, get the, the, the dumb crap that people do. Yeah. Like the the disrespect for nature, the disrespect for the environment they're in. Well, just your fellow human disrespect being. for other people. I mean, just because I'm, I mean, if I go out and I'm and I'm hunting, and you see that I'm hunting an area. Yep. Just 
walk down the other ridge, especially up here in Alaska. Yeah. And on the same token, I should be putting my stand where it shouldn't, in theory, have people walking all over. Yeah, don't put it on a path. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's always a possibility. You if know? you can get down a place where it eliminates the foot traffic or the quad traffic, the overland transport. Yeah, you're, I think our success will go up. Yep. Uh, but trying to get that stuff in and out, it would, it's going to be a long day of just back and forth. Sure. Back and forth. However, you know, could we put on, you know, the barrels and, you know, depending upon how you set that stuff in there and strap it in, it probably could take it probably five trips. Yeah. Because you got to figure the ladders, you put them into two packs and you strap them down over the top. I think you could put all those ladders in one pack. Yeah, the weight, I think, is going to be an issue. Because it's only designed to probably handle, my guess, is about 800 pounds. Okay. And just, again, yeah. what's up a little bit of fuel? And, I mean, if we're going to burn the day, getting stuff in and out. Yeah. Yeah. So that opens that up, which is kind of something that hasn't really been talked about by us because we've always figured never, we had quads. Never had that ability to do that or that. Right. So now we have the ability to go down a river, which, man, that opens up so much more in Alaska. Well, it opens up a lot of different things, not just bear baiting, but moose, caribou, fishing uh generally seeing things that other guys don't see yeah it's very true duck yeah. duck oh ducks oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, ducks i mean so a small little digging like that dip netting i mean even i mean you think about the guys that are really successful dip netting yeah you can be successful from the shore and i have been successful and it's a lot of fun from the shore but i can see there being a value of just having even a smaller net because you would have to have a smaller net with that size dinghy yeah and just going on down. You, you get out from the the assholes that are taking your spot or putting their net in your back and all that crazy just frustration. Yeah. Which is the same thing with the bears, you know, or bear baiting. Because yeah. it gets you away from the, the garbage. Just, just gets you away from other people. And other folks have different ideas and different thoughts on how to yeah. do things. Yeah. And so just let them do their thing. You do your thing. And life is much better. Yeah. So. We, had, <laughs> we had guys, uh, another, I don't know who they were set up on our trail into our bear stand one time. Yeah. <laughs> this is a designated trail for a bear stand, and they set up on the trail. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, people. Some people's children. Yep. That one was fun because it was... Because <laughs> you can't really do anything about that. No, no not in Alaska. Like, if they want to set up on your trail... Have at it, technically. Their issue was is their, where they set up on the trail was too close to a, a structure. So it was illegal. Oh. And it was not registered. So we were able to call the, the poaching hotline for the troopers. And the troopers came and removed all their stuff. <laughs> so uh. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> so. Yeah, you got you to gotta register your stand. Yep. Well. So, I mean, boats open up that kind of that whole desk, uh, you know. I mean, we could go as far down the Sioux as you wanted to go. Yeah, I would just be concerned with getting back up. Right. In fact, I've even kind of wondered, do we go up the Sioux? Well, if we go up the Sioux initially. So the downside is, is that I see is twofold. Is number one, the other thing we have to think about in all this is safety for us. Truth. Okay. Very true. So not just running the river. So there's there's a lot of safety issues that go into this one. Oh, yeah. Because we'd have to be running the river. Yep. And then number two is the size of the tree. So 16 is like that tundra-y kind of rolls, tundra, or not tundra, but uh, muskag. I was going to say, you're... you're uh, my, my verbiage, yeah. Yeah, verbiage something's there. not right there, because I haven't seen any that's... tundra in 16. 
You need bourbon. A bourbon <laughs> or a beer out here. We're fishing. We don't have any beer with us. Oh, yeah. Anyways. That was a mistake. <laughs> but Dude, no, no. Mistake. But, <laughs> that's why we're not catching fish. Well, there you go. That's the problem. We need to be day drinking. <laughs> uh, but, um, but I mean, it's, it's that muskeg pine tree. Muskeg. And they're just little pecker poles. That's what we always call them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, back home. Because they weren't like sure. you know, trees. Yeah. And we need something like five-gallon bucket size or bigger. I feel like there's enough out there we could... From the, there at least, is. so I don't know on the down the back side of sixteen. So I've been down oil well, yeah, which is the other main kind of yep. road that goes cuts way back down in there. Sure. And as you get further, kind of south and kind of back in towards the, the main rivers, yeah, like away from the Sioux, uh huh, it gets bigger trees, which is sure. where, I mean, I don't know where Pat is exactly, but he says he got into some bigger trees, is the way he put it. Yeah. So, and I think about that, and I kind of go, we're both big dudes, and I really don't want to fall out of a tree. No. No, <laughs> yeah, that would suck. That'd be a <laughs> that'd be an ouch. Yeah, and so I just kind of say, if we get into a bigger treed area, I think you're gonna get more bears. Hmm. Agreed, hundred percent. I think the especially the black bears like that kind of stuff. They like that environment. So I'll always take a brownie, but let's be honest sure. about it, we're really black bear hunters. hundred uh, percent. And I think that when you're talking about, you know, we were talking about earlier, looking at the maps, you can tell when you have big treed areas on a map. Well, and the nice thing is, too, is that, you know, knowing how those trees transition, mm-hmm. they tend to be small, 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 and they go 100 yards where they're kind of small, and they start, as, as the deeper you go, they're going to yeah. get bigger because there's can, more. And you can see that. Yeah. And so you getting a good idea of what that looks like, especially since you've been in that area once before. Yeah, a few times. You know now, what yeah. it looks like. I was here. This is what the tree size are. This is what it looks like from above. You can kind of judge that in other areas. So finding. Yeah, at least at least kind of narrow it down a little yeah. bit for you. Um, the other thing. Um, I was going to mention. I don't know. Yeah, that's what happens when you start getting old. Yeah. It's a bitch. Yeah. Oh, we're going to turn 40 this year, so. Oh, over the Oh, hill. tags. That's the thing I was going to mention about all this. Tags. So, yeah, so convenient thing that happens for us. So right now we're fishing in 2020. Mm-hmm. So our new fishing cycle kicked off. True. On the first of the year. Yeah. Not our hunting cycle. No. So our hunting cycle, which is different than many for other places. bears. Now, we do have to buy a new hunting license, but... The bear the, the, tag. The, the, the hunting the hunting cycle is July one to July one. Yeah. So between now and June thirtieth, we can take all of our bears we didn't get last year. Yeah. And then we get all, and then like so for example, we're allowed I think it's three bears out there, three mm-hmm. black bears, two grizz. So in theory, if a guy were to to tag out this year before before the thirty first of June or thirtieth of June, be hard to do. It would be hard to do. Well, just in theory, right? What could be done. You get lucky. Yep. And then you could still go back out and go hunting. A week later, after July 1, it's a new hunting year. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. But, you know, on the same token, you could also really mess yourself over if you took them all in August because you did really well and cleaned up, then you can't hunt again until July. If you took three bears... (laughs) (laughs) That's... Yeah. Hey. It's a lot of bear and a lot of meat and a lot of... Well, you know... I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Go big or go home. I want to yeah. dream big. I mean, I figure, you know, it's like that whole shoot for the moon if you miss, you get the stars thing. Mm. You know? It's kind of my thought. Just shoot for the moon, you know, big the big target, and then if you miss, so you only get one. Guess what? You got a bear. I got a bear. It's a great bear. If, if we can come out away with one bear, I'll be happy. Especially Moving stands year. and oh yeah, hunting a new area and, oh, yeah. Very happy. So... But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, but, I mean, let's assume for a moment the boats don't work. So, it doesn't have enough power. We don't feel comfortable enough. 
Maybe we don't find a spot we like. Whatever. That's That could be strong. Because I mean, you also have the, okay, if you can't find a good area with good trees, good area for or, good bear traffic. Or maybe we just, we get up in there and for, there's something about it that just says no. Yeah. And we go back to the ATV approach. I look at this and I kind of go, the downside is, is that the advantage of the boat issue is, is we can hit the the launch area, if you will, in probably about an hour and a half max. Driving time? Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be quick. Versus a three hour or two, two, and, a, two well, and a half two drive. and a half hour drive to unload. Yeah. And then ride your quads however far in. I mean, it's yeah. a long ways to refill your station. You're probably looking at about three to four hour trek. Yeah. Which, that's a, that's a trek. It's a commitment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And not that it's not worth it when there's bears on your stand, but when you're just feeding the stand. Like we did this last year. I fed that thing and fed that thing and fed that thing. I think part of it, too, is we used a lot of popcorn this year, which is cool. I love popcorn because it's lightweight, easy to move. I think we need to mix some dog food in. I'll agree. We'll throw some dog food around. Um, Just good old dry dog food. Yep. I I got access to Post so we can get cheap dog food because they – Post always has cheap dog food. I think one thing we didn't do last year very well is we put a lot of popcorn in there. We didn't flavor it very well. No, we didn't. And I have we those. Need to, we need to make sure that, A, we're always taking out a thing of powdered Kool-Aid. We're taking out caro syrup or we're taking out... Uh, Some kind of sugar. Something very sugary. We were very, very light on the sugar this year. Yeah, we were. But we did get bears. We got, we got, we got a brown. We got some blacks. Yep. Uh, you know, so it was successful. Just a matter of them finding it. I think if we, you know, up their sugar, up content. our sugar. And my understanding, again, I've been doing a lot of reading. Yeah. And so, many of the bear baiting stuff is around based on the lower forty-eight, where they don't have as many browns, or you can't hunt browns. Yeah. And they all like high sugar content stuff. Yeah. The guys that I have been listening to and reading up on that do more brown baiting, say meat. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Throw an old. Old fish carcasses, Fishes, stuff, or old ham that's yeah. ham bones and whatnot. Dig in the bottom of the the freezer and get all the freezer burn crap out, and yeah, that's what those definitely on both sides of that. But we wanna we wanna be pushing the high sugar, right? High sweet. As a matter of fact, when I get one of the things I'm going to do, and I know that you know there's two ways there's uh, you know there's two ways to think about this when we first go in. So with scent. You know, mm-hmm. We're kind of following in on that. Sure. Guys have two schools of thought. Okay. One school of thought is, is I make, I like rubber booted up. Like it's like, it's like sterile environment or, you know, uh, uh-huh. you know, do hazmat. Not, do not leave your scent. Do not leave your scent. There's other guys that say, nah, I leave an old dirty sweatshirt out there. Mm-hmm. Both work. So the, the thought behind the high scent is you want the bears to assume your take your scent smell and trigger that with food right and, and they're not as worried when you're around yes uh so that's one way of doing it mm-hmm. i think one of the things we should do we set up our stand we get everything dialed in okay wherever that whether we atv in or whether we boat in i don't care yeah, yeah. so we put it all everything up yep and i want to get a backpack sprayer i want to fill it with kool-aid okay and i'm just going to go around and like so we, we, we walk like one guy's pumping and spraying like sure. just, just walk out from the stand and just I mean, yes the bears will do that eventually but that, kind of that first big push you want a lot of scent out there and just okay. start walking around in clover leaves yeah and just get that scent to and from the stand so that as they're passing 
around our stand, they can start kind of funneling them to us. Okay. And then, obviously, we use the caro syrup, the molasses, and all that stuff. Yeah. And then they start tracking that out, and then yeah. they do that work for us. But initially, I think we have to do a little bit of work. I think that will speed it up a little bit. So are you on the uh, do not leave your scent or keep your scent present heavy there? I guess the question is, what is your goal? And I, to you, get bears. Right. <laughs> I understand. But but he, so here's the theory. Again, I've been doing a lot of reading on this. So yeah. they, they say that the big bears, they smell humans and they just turn away. A lot of them. Sure. Okay. So if our goal is just to get bears, which I am down with, I want to get my kids on bears, I want to yeah. be on bears, then we just sent it up and be done with it. I think that's the I think that's where the money is at. Okay. Because we don't have to think about, oh, did I get my? I mean, not that I won't try and keep my scent down. Sure. Because I think that's still important. I mean, I don't think you want to walk out there smelling like a campfire. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, now I've I've uh, talked to some old timers that. They would, uh, they would go out and light up a cigar okay. while they were on there. Be- so they go out, feed their stand, light a cigar, sit there puffing on a cigar for a little bit, do a few things, and then leave. So when they'd come out to hunt, they'll come out, light their cigar, do a few things, and then one of them leaves. Oh, I've heard about the guys doing that with ATVs as well. Like the, like oh, yeah, the sound yeah. of ATVs. Drive, so, drive yeah. in, drive out, and walk back in. Right. Or one guy just stays on the stand, the other yeah. guy drives out, and then yeah. they... They hear the shot and then go, oh, it's time to go back in. Exactly. But the, the the smell of that cigar that pushes out. And cigars can be sweet. Mm, and that'll that'll trigger those bears going, hmm, oh, oh, they're bringing them in. They're bringing the food. And I think the other thing is since we have kids, let's be honest about it, you and I, we can go low scent. Yeah, and. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, but I also think. If you're going to have other people, because that's one thing that I really enjoy. There's a reason I like coming out here with you ice fishing. For sure. I'm sharing that experience with people. Right, exactly. I'm teach and showing and, I mean, and all that stuff. So, so I want to be able to bring somebody out there that has no idea. Maybe you've never hunted before in their life. We get a lot of military people coming through our, our community that this is a brand new thing to them. So I love to be able to show people this stuff. Well, so taking somebody out there that has never hunted before is a big part of why I do it. Well, and the other thing is, too, is that there's also the fact that you don't have to be, when we go out, we don't have to be as cautious. Mm, yeah. And it also allows for just more the hangout. Yeah. You know, you're not as, like, so with hunting, there's there there's gradients of guys. There's the guy that takes it super uber serious, that's just so serious that you kind of, he almost drives everybody away from him. Yep. There's the guy that's so uber open and just kind of does laissez-faire that you just kind of go, no, he's not very successful and nobody wants to be around him because he's not very, I mean, you know, relatively yeah. speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of like that middle of the road where we're serious enough, we're getting animals, mm-hmm. but we're not, like, so serious that people go, oh, yeah, you can go with Dave and Brandon, but, yeah, expect to be like, okay, they're going to do things like military precision, you know. Yeah. Which yeah, is kind not. of an oxymoron, but <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would agree. For... That's kind of where I'm at. Like, I don't. I want people to come out, enjoy, it, and want to go back and do it, or do it themselves. Right. Like this was a lot of fun. I want to learn to do this. Right. That's my goal. And uh, you know, even the same with my kids. You know, I want Ella to come out and go. I want to do this someday. Right. Or Zane and Faith, in my case, you know that they say. Dad had a stand, and you know it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Even if they never hunt in their life, just sure. say that I hunted as a kid, and we—I remember Dad having fun. It was a relaxing time. We, you know, got that. You know that. 
Have I ever told you about Ella's, uh, her, her plans for her truck? Uh-uh. She told me one day, she's like, Dad, I'm going to have a red truck. Okay. And it needs to be able to put a four, my four-wheeler in the back of the truck. Okay. So and I can go hunting when my husband can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's so Alaskan. Uh, yeah, babe. Had a girl. <laughs> you know you raised him right when. Absolutely. Bait check? No, I see it down through the ice. I think I need to go a little deeper, so I'm going to go a little deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's still just... I mean, I had that little bit of action earlier, but not a lot of action since. We saw that fish right up here on top, which is kind of really weird in my mind, but... Yeah. Who knows? Tip-ups are still tipping. They're not up. <laughs> they're they're tipped. Not upped. So, well... So, yeah, lots to think about. Obviously, we gotta. I got to get on post and retrieve said items so that we can actually mm. take said items and you know, start messing around with them, be sure everything looks good. Yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm not terribly unconfident. You know what I mean? I'm fairly confident that they will work. Work. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely going to take a little bit of time to go through it all and make sure there's, it's uh, cleaned up good and no cracks yeah. or holes or... Just lots of basics. Like, this is a red boat, so we got things like painting to do. Like, mm. get that, that uh, fusion stuff and just get it with, like, a brown base coat, you know? Not that I really care about, like, the bears, but, like, if we're thinking about, like, ducks, yep. there's some other things to do in that. And the other thing is, too, is just because we have the opportunity to go with a boat for bears, we can use it for other things, but we can always use the ATVs. Mm, absolutely. So, you know, you don't want to get sold on married to one thing. Yep. Agreed. Well. So we sit here and look, watch our ice holes. I don't know. We're yep. probably, we could probably ramble and sit here and that's that's the where we're kind of at. So. Yeah, the rambly. So, yeah. yeah, good talk, good plans, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's catch some fish and then uh, we'll uh, go home and go from there. Go from there. So as always, uh, hit us up on Instagram or Facebook, uh, Sourdough Outdoorsman uh, Podcast. Uh, hit us up on whatever your listening platform is and like us, subscribe, give us a good rating. Uh, even if you don't like us, if you think you're these guys are kind of a holes and or they're just idiots, yeah, help <laughs> help us out and yeah. uh, and if you have questions or you have a comment, like feel free to shoot us an you know email or post on the Instagram or something because we'd be more than happy to try and answer something or tell you what we think. Tell you what we think is probably a better uh, yeah. <laughs> we may not answer it 100 percent for yeah. you. We'll tell you what we think. Yeah, well, we're good at that. And sometimes you know we've had some suggestions that we're implementing that. You know, aren't like everyday things, but like little things, and just like sometimes those things like, yo, huh, we didn't think about that. Yep. So we appreciate that. And so, anyways, until next time, my friend. Until next time.